You're listening to The Outlet. Hi Deborah, welcome to The Outlet. Could you please tell me about the science program with NASA, how Wanaka became involved, and what the super pressure balloon is actually carrying? Yeah, great question. Everybody wants to know. So NASA's scientific balloon program flies uh, science payloads worldwide. So traditionally we go in the U.S. from Palestine, Texas or Fort Sumner, New Mexico. We fly from Antarctica every year and circle around the pole. And then we have some other sites that are um, as need basis and that includes Sweden, the northern part of Sweden outside of Kiruna. We fly those balloons from Sweden to Canada. We can go to Alice Springs, Australia in the center of Australia and those are just short duration, you know, a day or two flight. So we have a science need for balloons that will float at the same altitude during the daytime and the nighttime. So we need to find a locator. We needed to find a location where we could fly for long duration with these balloons in the northern hemisphere. It just was not possible with overflight potentials of countries like, you know, China and Russia, we just, we weren't even going to try. We've done that years ago and did not have success in getting it recently. So we looked at the Southern Hemisphere. The team looked in South America, you know, in Australia and in New Zealand. And Wanaka actually was the ideal spot because it's far enough north from Antarctica where you're getting a hard day-night cycle. It's far enough south in the Southern Hemisphere. If you go at this latitude, you can get overflight with very minimal people that you're overflying. So the airport also is situated such that our climb out trajectories typically aren't, you know, directly over the city. So those are some of the safety parameters that uh, come into play with NASA, trying to make sure that we are not endangering the public and that we can still do our mission. So we are excited to be here. We start first came launching in 2015. So it's been a many, many years ago. And the mission that we launched earlier in the week is just going wonderfully. What is the payload? I've seen some photos, it looks enormous. Yeah, so this one is called Superbit. It is out of the uh, Princeton, one of the universities in the US and they have collaborators with the University of Toronto and some others. And it is a optical telescope that is looking out into the space um, at night. So we've seen just some preliminary views of what they've captured and it's the photography that they're getting, the photos they're getting are just phenomenal. So on the, on the order of, you know, some of the satellite mission observations, so we're really excited to get them into the science mode where we can actually start getting science pictures and releasing them. How high does the balloon go, Deborah? Great question. So we're flying um, just below 33 and a half kilometers. So it's about 108,000 feet right now. So pretty high. How do you control it when it's up there? Or is, it, is it up to the wind to look after it? So it's up to Mother Nature on where it's going to go. We do have the ability to vent gas out of the top or drop some ballast, which can affect our trajectory a little bit. But we mainly rely on our meteorologists to uh, do the predictions with the satellite-derived winds so that uh, we know approximately where we're going to be. 
and when we'll get like to the next landmass. And uh, they're usually pretty, pretty accurate. How does the balloon get to the desired height? I mean, it's not fully inflated when you release it, is it? That's correct. So on the ground, we put all the helium inside the balloon. And if anybody saw it on the way up, it kind of looked like a, a teardrop shape. There was helium in the top of the bubble. And then you saw a lot of white before you got down to the parachute. That white was all balloon. So we put enough helium so it could lift the entire system, the parachute, the payload and the balloon, plus some extra. And that extra we call free lift. So that extra free lift that we put in the balloon is what you gave it the upward force to want to go up through the atmosphere. And because of the density of the atmosphere on the surface, it's lighter, it's thinner atmosphere up, up in the stratosphere. So think about when you go hiking, you know, people go hiking on tall mountains, they have to worry about their breathing and stuff because the atmosphere is thinner. Well, we're just going even higher. So the helium inside that balloon just started expanding, expanding, expanding as we ascended through the atmosphere. So when we got all the way to float or to the design float altitude, you know, closer to the, you know, the coast where Christ Church is, the balloon should have been fully inflated. And that's what people at nighttime as the balloon was, as the sun was going down, would have seen a fully inflated balloon. The thing is too, when the mission's over, you've got to get it back on the ground and there's a lot of expensive equipment on it. So how do you control it coming back to Earth? That's a great question. So we uh, use our satellite communication links to send a command that will separate the bottom of the balloon from the top of the parachute. So when the parachute starts to free fall, it'll rip a panel out of the balloon. So the parachute's going to bring our payload down safely, and then the balloon's going to free fall to the ground. And from a safety perspective, we'll be making sure that essentially from the point where we're terminating out to where the balloon's going to land, and then further out to where the payload will land on the parachute is clear and free of, you know, populations so that we can bring it back down safely to the ground. And uh, on this one too, there's a special space kiwi, isn't there? Yes, there is. So Space Kiwi uh, came to us last year. If everybody remembers, we uh, started with quarantine here in New Zealand. If you had to come into the country, you had to go into quarantine. Luckily, the a lot of us were the last week of quarantine, so I didn't have to do the full seven days or even 14 days. I think I ended up with three or four nights. And when we checked in at the hotel in Auckland, there was little kiwi birds that they had stuffed animals in the back. I'm like, can we have one to fly on the balloon? So I brought him to Wanaka. Of course, he had to go to Hobbit Town and some other places up north. And when we got to Wanaka, my team was like, Debbie, he can't fly that way. He needs a spacesuit. So last year he got his spacesuit and we had them all ready to fly, but unfortunately we couldn't fly last year. We had a, um, an issue with some of our ground equipment that prevented us from being able to inflate the balloon. So this year with Superbit, they gave him a captain's chair. So he is sitting pretty up there in the stratosphere, flying over the ocean right now, having a great life. Oh, well, that is great. Well, thank you so much for chatting today. It's fascinating. And we look forward to your second launch. You're doing that at some time, are you? Yeah, so we're still getting ready with that payload. 
probably at least five to seven days away from being flight ready. And then we need mother nature to, uh, to shine upon us again with, you know, a beautiful day here in Wanaka so that we can actually get the balloon inflated and launched. And the great thing is too, that now on the Wanaka app, there's a button there you, you can track the balloon. Very good, I appreciate it. And anybody can watch the video um, online of us doing our operations. So if, even if you're not in the Wanaka area, you can. And in the uh, different press releases, there's suggestions on where to go to actually watch when we're gonna launch. Um, you may be doing some waiting and I know, you know, that can get old, but we just need it to be right. And it, the process takes hours. So even though we launched at I think 11 something in the morning, the first of our people arrived at 1130 the night before. It's a long process to get ready. It's very complicated, but it's been, you know, well worth it. Uh, we're tickled with the performance of the balloon and the science instrument is getting commissioned and they are excited. One of the fun things that we added last minute was Starlink. I know a lot of people in New Zealand are using Starlink at their home. So we've got a Starlink antenna on the balloon and they are getting a lot of their beautiful images down through Starlink.